probably the best episode to ever exist of Rick and Bond. We got Twitter. We got CNN Plus, which is the lower headline, but we got Netflix, which is the bigger headline. We got the ins and outs of the biggest activist, activist investors in stock history. We got Icon. We got Acton. One of those two really loves pigs and doesn't want McDonald's to put the pregnant ones in small cages. Learn why, learn how, and learn how you probably have more money invested in the McDonald's stock than one of the biggest investors in history. Rick and Bond, enjoy. Ricker, 2x Ricker. Gonna have a sick episode. Gonna go through some articles of things I think are interesting. Um, a whole bunch of articles lined up of all the most interesting stuff that ever happened this week that is in front of my eyes when I search for things that I want to not that I want to talk about, but I can talk about. <laughs> uh, April 23rd. 2022 your favorite pod thanks for everyone for listening go subscribe on rigor and bond rigorandbond.com subscribe five stars to the podcast on apple Podcasts. if you're a true true fan go into that five star and write a review about your most favorite thing about this show literally right now stop listening to whatever you're listening on Go open your iPhone because you probably have an iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, go download podcasts, <laughs> the podcast app from your Android store because that's the only other thing you would have besides an iPhone. Download that. Search Ricker and Bond as you do every single Monday. Scroll down or like click the profile or something. Click five stars. Leave a review. Put your name. We'll obviously know you because you're a sick super fan. And then put five stars because obviously that's the caliber and quality of output that is being put out. And then write a review about how your day is going. <laughs> and that's it. April 23rd, stocks, bonds and crypto, nothing else but it, nothing but money and business. And uh, sometimes food shows in the head of this podcaster. First up on the docket, meaning the tab closest to the left, next to the Twitter Explore tab, which sometimes has good news, but a lot of times doesn't. Rick Ross has a photo of a tank, and I don't really care about that, but like, there it is, you know? Rick Ross is a stellar businessman. A lot of great interviews with Mr. Ross. I've probably listened to none of them. Besides that tab is Netflix. Netflix took a big old nasty plunge. If you were to look at a stock chart of Netflix, Netflix was previously part of everyone's darling like five. There was five stocks that are supposed to be, oh, the best stocks you could ever have. You, you grab these, there's usually technology, these blue chip, as they call them, 
So blue chip is like a sturdy, just a great stock. It's like a Michael Jordan if you're into basketball. It's like a Lionel Messi if you're into football. It's like a good driver if you're into Formula One, which I'm not. But like a really good car, like top of the line, not going to break down on the left turn when you're taking that left turn. Netflix was one of those for a long time. They called it the Fang stocks. It used to be, was it something else before Fang? It wasn't F-A-A-G, was it? Because that would be bad branding for stocks. Netflix was in there. It was like, oh my goodness, Netflix is great. Takes over the world, right? Ooh, wait a second. Kind of did like a giant, 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 giant head dive into the Red Sea of losing money. This stock went down let me see a whole lot in about 151 days which as i google is how many months actually i can see how many months right there is a uh, one two three four five six in six months this stock went from an all-time high at $700 to almost 70% plunge back to a level it hasn't been at since December 17. Netflix opened up its doors and was like, hey, guys, we aren't making subscribers anymore. More than 100 million households are using a shared password, is what Netflix said. And... It's planning, this company of Netflix, this streaming giant, says it's planning to address the rampant practice of password sharing. 100 million households and 30 million in the US and Canada. So 70 million elsewhere, which is P-Dang Global. There's more, I mean, I guess Global, it's not the biggest lion share than the other two, but um, they also had subscriptions they had had growth in every quarter for more than 10 years of subscriptions that was great until finally after 10 years shares of netflix dropped 25 percent. but that's like relatively from the all-time highs down freaking 70 percent uh the company reported a Loss of 200,000 subscribers during the first quarter. First time that's happened in 10 years of a loss of subscribers. It's the first time the streamer had reported a subscriber loss more than a decade. Netflix blamed increased competition. You got Disney Plus, you got freaking CNN Plus, which doesn't exist anymore. But I don't know how many people really want to watch CNN Plus. Like, oh, let's watch CNN Plus. Disney Plus, Peacock, Paramount Plus, probably. On CNBC TV round seven right now is Houston World Rugby Sevens. I can see that on the webpage of CNBC. Competition. Netflix is complaining about it. Like, oh, now for the first time in forever, there's nine other uh, streaming platforms that people can choose from. Well, like, what was me? You know, like, suck it up, nerds. Password sharing as well as inflation. Because everyone's like, oh, inflation. Gas is up. Let me get my Netflix subscription off, which could be true, but probably also like, how many people doing that? When's the last time I canceled a subscription? Probably not a long time, because I don't subscribe to a lot of things. I do subscribe to like an Apple data storage, which I might, because I'm already full. Like, what's the point of that? And a Russian invasion on Ukraine. Oh, that's going to that's gonna hurt your subscription there, my guy? Like, what's up with that? Shares went down 25%. Um, also going down Roku, Spotify, Disney. Netflix is forecasting a global paid subscriber loss of 2 million for the second quarter. The last time Netflix lost subscribers was October 2011. Netflix was created, originated in 90, oh really? Seriously? Founded in 1997. Oh, it was the freaking... CDs and stuff first, right? 
when did uh, it became transition to streaming 2007 to 2012 stopped mail-based rental business 2006 transition to streaming 2007 so yeah, it was like oh streaming no one does streaming you, you needed like four years to get some a good base on you for subscriptions that happens in 2011 with netflix decade later more than oops lost all of our subscribers not all of them but people that pump money into the capital piles of companies usually like growth netflix previously netflix previously told shareholders it expected to add 2.5 million net subscribers during the first quarter and instead lost 200,000. Analysts had predicted that the number would be closer to 2.7 million. So everybody was like, hey, we're going to get meals. You know, everyone's kind of at home sometimes now. During the same period a year ago, Netflix added 3.98 million paid users. Not sure if that's the average paid user ad for Netflix. But Cosio Reed Hastings said the company is exploring the lower priced ad supported tiers. So you're going to be watching your Netflix. You paid for it. Or you didn't pay for it all the way. And all of a sudden you see a big old ad for Disney Plus. And you're going to go over there to Disney Plus. Uh, Netflix made a revenue of $7.87 billion. So when you're in watching Netflix and you're paying for that and you've given your password to someone else, just know that no one wants that, <laughs> especially Netflix, because they're like, yo, all of these people, which is really amazing if like if you had three million paid subscribers and there's like a whole network, like a branch of like three or four other people from one paid subscriber that are watching Netflix. You have maybe at least a double uh, if one of those branches converts into a paying subscriber. Something to think about, <laughs> which they already have. Um, so that's Netflix in a bundle. Disney or Discovery, Comcast, Paramount. What a competition to compete with. <laughs> CNBC put up a Twitter, put up a tweet from Netflix in 2017, which I'm sure some some young lad over there at Netflix had the Twitter password, you know, put it up the chain and say, hey, we, we cool with this tweet in 2017, which uh, six years after they probably get a foundation to them, Netflix at Netflix on Twitter.com, which I probably should transition into a Elon Twitter talk right now. Netflix said, love is an addiction. Reply tweet, love is sharing a password. Get wrecked, you nerds. So let me transition to Mr. Musk funding. I don't think we brought it up on the pod before. Elon wants to buy Twitter. For whatever reason, Elon wants to buy Twitter. But Mr. Musk has secured, as of April 21st, 2022, $46.5 billion in funding for the bid of Twitter. Elon Musk on Thursday said he's lined up $46.5 billion in debt and equity financing to buy Twitter and is considering taking his offer directly to shareholders, a filing with the U.S. regulator showed. The firm that funded I believe was a Goldman branch let me see um Morgan Stanley let's see what we got here from the New York Times Morgan Stanley, the investment bank working with Mr. Musk on the potential deal, has been calling banks and other potential investors to shore up financing for the offer. Four people with knowledge of the situation said the classic knowledge uh, familiar with the situation. Those people super familiar with every situation. 
Mr. Musk is first focused on raising debt and has not yet begun to seek equity financing for his bid, one of the people said. Mr. Musk is evaluating various, various packages of debt, including more senior debt known as preferred debt and a loan against his shares of Tesla. If you own a lot of money and you have a lot of, uh, you know, stock, you could freaking take out a loan. Um, so debt, also equity loan, which is, you know, debt on equity, I suppose, debt with equity in stocks backing that debt. Apollo Global Management, an alternative asset manager, is among the parties considering offering debt financing in a bid. This New York Times article, I think, is a little late. I think Morgan Stanley was the one that went in. I'm going to Financial Times, see if they have something nice with their salmon beige. Uh, a group of banks led by Morgan Stanley. And his financial advisor? Oh, no. Morgan Stanley is his financial advisor, I suppose. He said he would provide $21 billion U.S. dollars green backs of equity for the deal, according to the paperwork filed with SEC on Thursday, although he did not provide further details of the source of this position of the financing. The offer effectively puts Musk on the hook for $33.5 billion of the financing package, more than 70%, although he could bring in co-investors to finance the equity portion of the deal. I forget how much money Mr. Musk has. Anyways, uh, this freaking guy, either a, a bait and switch for other stuff, he doesn't want other people to think of stuff or something else, has been on a roll, and everybody loves talking about it, which is probably good for Twitter. He's, he's probably brought a lot of eyes to Twitter, stayed on Twitter. But, you know, as a stock, they freaking suck as a stock. This man would pay about 45 bill, 45 billion in cash, about 25 in a margin loan, pledged Tesla shares worth $62.5 billion to secure a loan, an unsecured bridge loan, a secured bridge loan, a credit facility, and a term loan. This is from Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Barclays, MUFG, BNP, Mizzou, and SoakGen have provided this funding, says company filings. Poison pill about it. These cats over at Twitter were like, all right, I don't want that. We're going to allow a bunch of people to buy a, a bunch of already stock share owners. We're going to allow these cats to buy so much more stock than Mr. Musk at so less of a price, hella discounted, that we're going to push him out from having any control, even if he buys $46.5 billion worth of our stock. Twitter board has already raised its defenses, which was that poison pill. Highly uneconomical for anyone to buy more than 15% of Twitter stock in the open market. Doesn't do a great job of explaining what a poison pill was. Uh, and there's so many Twitter threads about it. Yeah, poison pill? Follow, read this thread. Um, the link they put to after for the, the hyperlink of launched a poison pill is just a freaking tweet. Um... Twitter has hired J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs to advise it on the hostile bid. Uh, this is a good segue to Mr. Bill Ackman. If I can find his freaking... Uh, um, so sometimes people buy stock, a whole lot of stock, to get a controlling part of a company because they want to either change part of the company to make more money for themselves 
usually only that reason. And Mr. Bill Ackman was a, they call it a um, activist investor. And I'm hoping his name is actually Ackman. Yeah, it is. So Bill Ackman started a head fund at 25, I believe. He's a billionaire, so says his headline. He is an activist invent, an investor, which basically means, let's, let me get a definition for y'all for activist investor. Activist investor is a shareholder. He uses an equity stake. Equity is a, an ownership portion of a company. He uses an equity stake in a corporation to put pressure, you know, on management. Fairly small stake, less than 10% of outstanding shares may be enough to launch a successful campaign. In comparison, a full takeover bid is a much more costly and difficult undertaking. The goal of the activist shareholder range from financial, uh, an increase of shareholder value through changes in corporate polity, financing structure, cost cutting, etc., to non-financial disinvestment from particular countries, adoption of environmentally friendly policies, etc. Shareholder activists can address self-dealing can address self, by corporate insiders, although large stockholders can also engage in self-dealing to themselves. I don't know what self-dealing is. I'm going to click that link real quick and then read about it. It's the conduct of a trustee that consists of taking advantage of their position in a transaction. Anyways, Bill Ackman is very famous for buying a bunch of stock in a company and changing how that company works. He has a big old position in Netflix. He had bought a chunk three months ago. He lost 400 million. He liquid, the position was a $1.1 billion position in Netflix. He did that three months ago. He said he loved Netflix management, but added, in light of the enormous operating leverage inherent in the company's business model, the enormous operating leverage. So you got to make a bunch of original Netflix things that get, that get watched in a week and hope people don't share their passwords. Ackman said changes in the company's future subscriber growth can be have an outside impact on our estimate of intrinsic value. Acton said plan changes by Netflix, including incorporating advertising and being more aggressive in going after non-paying customers, aka password sharing lockdown, make it difficult to predict their impact on the company, although he says it's sensible actions to take. He added, while Netflix's business is fundamentally simple to understand in light of recent events, we have lost confidence in our at the sneeze. Bless me. Ackerman's lost confidence in our his ability to predict the company's future prospects with a sufficient degree of certainty. So this man said, "Hey, I'll I'll nut up and take almost a fifty percent loss. Get out of there. That's pretty freaking big. I don't know if it's precedented before in Mister Ackerman's portfolios if he's taking losses like that." Um, but he took a big old loss, a big old loss. Um, what is his, what is his fund called? He is the, ah, Pershing Square Capital Management. Good old Pershing. He's 55, born in May, divorced once, married again in 2019. <laughs> And four children. His signature kind of looks like a a cartoon Calvin and Hobbes portrayal of grass. They said, what his signature looks like. Gotham Partners is what he apparently made, founded in 1992. What was that? 20? Six, seven, eight? Doesn't seem like he's 26. Perhaps. 1995... Ackman partnered with the insurance and real estate firm. I, I say that with a bold 
type font in my voice. Insurance has made a whole lot of people richy rich rich. Shout out Buffett. The firm made small investments in public companies. Golf and Partners in 1992, founded with a fellow Harvard graduate, David B. Berkowitz. 1995, Alcan partnered with insurance and real estate firm Les Lucadia National to bid for the Rockefeller Center. Although they did not win the deal, the bid generated interest in Gotham from investors. Three years later, Gotham had a $500 million in assets under management AUM. By 2002, Bill Ackman's Gotham had become entrenched in litigation with various external shareholders who also owned an interest in the companies in which Gotham invested. So apparently Gotham... <laughs> I love it. Uh, in 2003, a feud developed between Ackman and Carl Icahn, who I was also thinking of, over a deal involving Hallwood Realty. They agreed to a schmuck insurance agreement uh, <laughs> under which if Icahn were to sell the sh shares within three years and made a profit of 10% or more, he and Ackman would split the proceeds. Icahn paid $80 per share. In April 2004, HRPT Property Trust acquired Hallwood, paying $136.16 per share under the terms of contract. I can own Ackman and his investors owed, not owned. Ackman sued. Did Icon go get on to Gotham? Freaking credit swaps. Shout out. Uh, but apparently, freaking... In 2004, he, with 54 millions out of pocket and a former business partner from Lucadia, he started Pershing. Pershing Square Capital Management. So anyways, one of the bigger names in the game of money and management said, hey, Netflix, I'm out of here. Your management's cool, but your business looks like it's about to freaking suck. Or, in his words, like we, we won't be able to predict it efficiently. So, next up on my tabs, I had two Netflix tabs. I think we're over Netflix. I was one of the bigger money, money news, mass media news public headlines. This one's a little more nitty-gritty. You might do that towards the end. Alphabet-owned Intrinsic is acquiring fellow robotics firm, software firm Vicarious. These headlines are more interesting to me because they actually kind of show what's going on. This one's from TechCrunch. I was looking up tabs for news. TechCrunch is, is what I went to. But before I do that, let me see my other... TechCrunch, we got Blockhead. Jack Dorsey says he's the head of Block. Twitter to allow developers to build third-party apps, which is interesting. Let me do this first. Obama is leaving Spotify. Obama, Obama, both the Obamas, their production company, which is called Higher Ground, didn't know that, is not renewing their exclusive partnership with Spotify. They signed a deal with Spotify in 2019 as they entered the entertainment business after having departed the White House. In 2018, the Obamas also signed a deal with Netflix. Didn't know that. Higher Ground is in the middle of negotiations with several potential partners, including Amazon's Audible and iHeartMedia, which is probably owned by Seacrest. The company wants to pick a new home for their podcast within the next few weeks. This is April 21st published. It has talked with multiple big networks, including Spotify, but the switch streaming giant declined to make an offer for a former president's podcast. Why would Spotify decline to pick up a former president's podcast probably one of the the most liked podcasts or president in 
a long time, or at least modern people who listen to podcasts probably saw Obama and was like, hey, good looking guy. I like him. Not signing a new deal with Spotify. Spotify shares are a little changed, apparently. I mean, whatever. This could explain how you're going to seek a deal that will allow it to produce several shows and release them on multiple platforms at the same time. There we go. This could explain iHeart's interest, given that it hasn't historically relied on an exclusive strategy for its podcast. Is iHeart Media public? I feel like it might be. It is, because I just read it. iHeart Media. What are we talking about stock? What do we got stock-wise? iHeart Media Inc. on NASDAQ. Not a great-looking chart. It isn't a consumer service in the broadcasting sector. Let me see who are the top dogs in the broadcasting sector are. I use gurufocus.com to look at sectors of stocks. If you go over to If you go over to guru.focus.com, it says it's consumer services, broadcasting, communication, interactive media. Who's the top dog? No. Consumer cyclical. Don't believe so. Broadcasting. Cheesy wheezy. Oh, let's see. Broadcasting sector. Maybe we got a Yahoo Finance likes me better, eh? Let me go to Yahoo.finance. iHeartMedia. Doing a quick iHeartMedia deep dive. Because you may be asking yourself, hey, should I like this company? Is it good? Communication services, broadcasting. Can I freaking see that anywhere? Broadcasting services. Give it to me. It's not in tech, not industrials. Not in energy, not telecommunication, but for anybody that is interested, the top company in telecommunication is Verizon. Media Diversified, Disney's the top dog, closely by Comcast. Netflix is third. Don't know if that changed with their big old plunge. Is iHeartMedia? Even we're going really dumb, real, real freaking, really freaking yeah, media diversified. So apparently they're not big in their sector at all. Which is something I look for. I heard media. Obama's podcast. Here we go. Companies like Spotify and Amazon have pursued exclusive rights to promote their own services. Spotify is all about the exclusivity, which is like kind of interesting. You'd probably want an exclusive Obama podcast, but if they're like, hey, we don't want to do exclusive, so suck it and listen to us. Probably makes sense. The Obamas are willing to appear in an eight-episode program, which for some bidders isn't enough to commit just to commit of a commitment to justify a deal comparable to those for shows like Smart Less, Caller Daddy, and My Favorite Murder. Those shows appear weekly or with a frequency to close to that, while higher ground programs featuring the Obamas have been limited series. So they're like, hey, Barack, you want to do eight epies with us? We got these other cats, these other this other chick that came from Barstool Sports because she said she didn't like the Barstool Sports management. 
she's doing freaking weekly. We got her under freaking uh, chain and lock for like nine years because we're Spotify. And you want to come in with eight epis? I'm not sure the cash implications. It doesn't say so. But, you know, probably a couple, what was, what was Rogan's? Um, like a hundred mil? Uh, close to 200 million for Rogan on Spotify exclusively. So these, these cats over at Higher Ground Productions are probably like, yo, give us 300 because we're the freaking Obamas. What I'm actually interested is the launching. Like who made higher product higher ground production? Is in founded in 2018. Sick logo. Solid logo. I love that logo. Steps. They're like a pyramid. It's also a little <laughs> For the pyramid thing, it's a little conspiracy theory-ish. Or just, you know, shout out to pyramids. Founded in 2018 by former President Barack Obama, former First Lady Michelle Obama. Signed with Netflix. First film was American Factory. What is American Factory? Hmm. A documentary film directed by these people about Chinese company Fuyao's factory Moraine, a city near Dayton, Ohio, that occupied... I might have seen this. Hmm. I find that very interesting. They, they've done two feature films, three documentaries, four television Netflix series, two podcasts, and they're like, hey, Spotify, we want to go everywhere. And if you don't like that, you can suck our weenies. That's Obama's. Thank you, thank you, thank you. CNN Plus, I should have put this in with the Netflix segment. <laughs> CNN made a streaming service. And then a month later, said, hey, uh, we're shutting it down. <laughs> It started March 29th, 2022, shortly before CNN was taken over by new corporate parents. Didn't know that. Trading starts of new Warner Bros. Discovery media giant. Shares of the new Warner Bros. Discovery media giant. The $43 billion combination of Discovery and the AT&T spinoff Warner Media began trading Monday, I'm assuming this is stocks. The both up company combines the owner of stored film studio Warner Bros. TV networks that includes CNN, HBO, and streaming service HBO Max with Discovery Inc., the parent of networks that focus on reality TV television like HGTV and its own streaming service Discovery Plus. The deal closed Friday. AT&T Inc. last year decided to separate Warner Media as the company unravels its entertainment-oriented deal-making of the past several years and focuses on phone and internet services, which is very interesting as well. In 2021, a year after a pandemic, at the height of equity values, most likely AT&T said, hey, we're not doing entertainment. Interesting. Discovery CEO David Zaslav is running the combined company. There are already changes expected, such as offering Disney, Discovery Plus, HBO Max, and a brand new cable news streamer, CNN Plus. That article was written in April, <laughs> about 10 days ago. And now CNN Plus says later, the new leaders of Warner Bros. Discovery quickly let it be known they discovered considered CNN Plus an ill-conceived idea. The subscription-based service will be shut down at the end of April. Executives said some CNN Plus programming and employees will be absorbed into the television network and website, but there will be layoffs. 
the head of CNN Plus, Andrew Morris is out of there leaving the company. In a memo to employees on Thursday, incoming CNN chief executive Chris Licht said consumers wanted simplicity and an all-in service. So what is, rather than standalone offerings, what do you mean by that? Discovery had previously suggested that it wanted to merge the new company's separate streaming services, which include Discovery Plus and HBO Max into a single app. So they're probably just going to put it into one app, eh? Which, if you got CNN, Discovery Plus, and HBO Max, that's not the worst competitor ever, but it also is competing with all the other streaming services. Real competition is no competition. What other tabs do I got to wrap up here? I gave you iHeartMedia. Said it's probably not dope. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Wow. Maybe not. Uh, iHeartRadio in broadcasting, in the consumer services. And all we got left is a little bit of tech. Here's what I was thinking about with Carl Icon as I went to another tab icon also does kind of a i believe he does activist investing for the most part uh he wrote a letter to mcdonald's saying that hey stop using tight cages for chickens apparently a decade ago mcdonald's was like hey we're not gonna we're not gonna use bad suppliers uh we're not gonna you know put tight cages on pregnant pigs icon does he have uh, shares? He only has $50,000 in McDonald's. And apparently he had two of his hand-picked directors to McDonald's board to ensure the pigs are treated better. Icon demand are unfeasible, according to McDonald's, and would create a financial burden for its customers, aka more expensive bacon. Why... Would Carol, Carol Icon, sounds a little Irish, care about an ESG, very specific, small stake in McDonald's? Passionate letter. I want to see if there's this letter, if I can read some of this letter and then we can wrap it up. Nope, that's not the letter. Carl Icahn urged BlackRock and other big index fund managers focused on socially conscious investing to support his proxy fight to McDonald's Corporation for better treatment of pregnant pigs. Super specific proxy fight. I will give you a definition of it as soon as I know what it means. It refers to the act of a group of shareholders joining forces and attempting to gather enough shareholder proxy votes to win a corporate vote. So you get enough people that own enough equity ownership in a publicly traded company and they're like hey we have enough money to make votes nerds the billionaire activist investor and yes activist who has shown who has a mcdonald's stake worth roughly only fifty thousand dollars like i could have a fifty thousand dollar stake in mcdonald's like right now probably nominated two direct two directors to the fast food chain's board in February as part of his campaign. A departure from his typical fights for changing financial strategy and the like. Maybe he cares about picks. Well, this is interesting. Carl Icahn, the investor known for his campaigns against CEOs and rivals, is pressing McDonald's for better treatment of pigs. Quote, animals are one of the things I feel really emotional about. I have just a sneaking suspicion that he wouldn't say he's emotional about pigs unless there was a reason behind it. How old is Carl Icahn and what does he look like and how tall is he? Carl Icahn is 86. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> if he was if he was in his 50s, um, he wouldn't give a damn. <laughs> Okay, $50,000. Like, if you care that much, put up some money. Uh, 
Mr. Icon had concluded the original promise was hogwash, the original promise of stop buying pork. McDonald's now often has its producers move pigs out of the containers only after confirming they're pregnant. Many wait to do so until the sows are four to six so that they don't treat pregnant pig nice. Mr. Icon got involved with the Humane Society of the United States, which is leading the push at the behest of his daughter, that's cute, Michelle Icon Nevin, a vegetarian animal lover. <laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense. A vegetarian animal lover who was working there at the t working at McDonald's? Or no, the uh, Human Society of the United States. Humane. He learned details of the pig's plight when he hosted a Humane Society executive for dinner at his Manhattan penthouse. The nonprofit was having trouble getting McDonald's to take action until it corralled Mr. Icon. So, Icon's 86. His daughter is working at a Humane Society. His daughter's like, Daddy, these McDonald's, they're hurting these piggies. <laughs> and Icon was like, w you want me to do something about it? <laughs> you want me to literally cause one of the biggest fast food chains in the world to stop using pigs? Or at least Cajun pregnant ones? His daughter says yes. He says, his daughter says, hey, let me bring Tim from the Humane Society over into our, your penthouse father let, let him tell you about pigs you're never you're you're not gonna want to eat another bacon sandwich again carl his daughter calls him carl and so now here he is asking some of the biggest funds in the world to help him on his journey for better treatment of pregnant pigs pregnant pigs Pregnant pigs, but only you have fifty thousand. I could, I could outstake you right now. Fifty thousand dollars. McDonald's shareholders will decide whether to support Mr. Icon's nominees or the company's slate at the annual meeting set for May twenty sixth. Big date, May twenty sixth. Keep your eyes out, McDonald's and pigs. He says, despite being at the forefront of the environmental, social, and governance investing movement, BlackRock, Big Daddy BlackRock and others have subjectively selected which principles they care about and put too little emphasis on animal welfare. I would assume deliberativeness is good, and I would also assume that in a country like America, probably it's probably worse in other countries that have a, probably a lot more percentage share of meat in the diet, I don't know, who's the most meat-consuming? It might be America. Most meat-consuming country. Obviously, the production of meat at scale isn't the best environmentally. Apparently, we got Hong Kong, SAR, China as 419 grams most eaten. What about produced? Does, does America produce the most meat. China's the top country by total production of meat in the world. As of 2020, total production of meat in China was 75.4 million tons. That accounts for 22.48, 22%, almost a quarter of the world's total production of meat. Ooh, that is not a friendly sight to look at. Let me go to World Atlas. Top five. You didn't give me the top five. Let me know who produces the most beef. We got beef. This is very specific. Apparently, this might be different than meat in general. Maybe we got a lot of chicken in China. But in the United States, is the in 2020, was 20% of the beef production of the world. I did recently go down a rabbit hole of... Uh, like the egg society i was reading an article about something i think it was like a, a public relations release it was about eggs i think it was on easter and it was it was by this organization of like the egg organization of the world and, and there was studies put out from these people there for like yeah we got it we got to ramp up this advertising of eggs we got to sell more eggs 
apparently you have like 12, I forget the actual number, but they had average number of eggs per family. It was a whole ordeal. These egg people have been organized for a while. And they're like, yo, we got to make some moves and shake about to sell these eggs. All right. When we have more advertising for eggs, people buy more eggs. So we got to get people to get eggs in their house. Beef, 20%, United States, Brazil, number two, European Union, start a country, 12%, China, 11%, whole lot of beef. <laughs> and Icon was like, hey, BlackRock, other people, let's do some good. He says they have tremendous power to do good or bad. He said in an interview Wednesday, referring to big purveyors of index funds, such as BlackRock, which manages roughly $10 trillion. What surprises me is how often they do not get involved and allow boards to believe that they will protect them in a contest. At issue is how McDonald's suppliers house breeding pigs or sows. Mr. Icon wants McDonald's to require suppliers to stop constraining the animals in small crates, typically seven feet long by two feet wide in all circumstances. Many McDonald's suppliers currently use so-called gestation crates for the first four to six weeks of a sow's pregnancy, and sometimes longer suppliers have said they make breeding more efficient because they're popping out, because they're squeezing the babies out. While Mr. Icon and his nominees say they're inhumane in the litter, Mr. Icon plans to send McDonald's shareholders Thursday. That was viewed by the Wall Street Journal. He criticized McDonald's for spending $16 million to defend itself against his proxy contest rather than putting the money towards sparing pigs for the crates. <laughs> Owner, $16 million is enough for bigger crates. I don't know how much the crates go for. Mr. Icon said it would have been far better than spending the money in defense of the directors at McDonald's who have failed in this area. Last paragraph as we wrap up this exciting record on bond, stocks, bonds, crypto, McDonald's, Netflix, streaming, Musk, Twitter, Alphabet, software, AI, probably the most value you'd ever get. McDonald's says what Mr. Icon is demanding is unfeasible because the company would require 300 to 400 times the number of animals currently housed without crates. Would require 300 so you need 300 times animals without crates i don't understand sir it said such a move would significantly increase its costs and place a financial burden on its customers ladies and gentlemen that has been Ricker and bond probably the best episode yet subscribe on apple Podcasts everywhere you see it rickandbond.com to get you there you don't even have to open the Apple Podcast app. I said that at the jump of the episode. I said, hey, open a podcast app. You don't have to. Go to rickandbond.com. Rate five stars. Tell your friends. And tell your friend to tell a friend about the number one podcast on the internet, Rick and Bond. Thanks you. Thanks you. And thank you for listening to Ricker and Bond.